This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon supporter, Mizugai. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Greetings, Captains. You're listening to episode 280 of Priority One Podcast, your weekly report on all things Star Trek. Available for download or streaming on Monday, July 25th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. And I'm Kenna. And as always, in the recording studio is our audio engineer, Winters. Hola. All right, Captains, before we start, this is going to be the last episode of Priority One. No. Well, at least until we start inundating you with on-site coverage live from the 50th anniversary celebrations in Las Vegas. Now, if you're not already following us on Facebook or Twitter, well, you should, or you're going to miss all the juicy content we plan to share with you. We will definitely be using Facebook Live, so go follow us on facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast and sign up to be notified when we post. As we draw nearer to the convention, we'll do our best to announce ahead of time when we plan to go live. For instance, if we happen to interview a cryptic dev or a Star Trek alum. However, if there is one thing over the last four years of attending STLV that I've learned is that things tend to happen on the fly. So don't miss a beat by following us on Twitter at PriorityOnePod and Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast. Those links are on our homepage at PriorityOnePodcast.com. They're going to be in our show notes. They're going to be all over the place. So be sure you follow. All right, Kenna, let's jump right in to the last episode before STLV. What do we have? Well, this week we trek out the next Kelvin timeline movie already in the works and how the new Star Trek series will be distributed across the globe. In Star Trek Online News, we're talking about a controversial giveaway, among other things. And executive producer Steve Ricosa, a.k.a. Salami Inferno, chats to Elijah about Cryptic's plans for the Star Trek Las Vegas convention. Later, Dr. Hurt is here with the latest update from the Astrometrics Lab. And finally, thanks to all of our Patreon supporters who make this show possible from week to week. Visit us at patreon.com forward slash priority one and find out about all the cool perks we have to offer. All right, Captains, speaking of Vegas, which is just two weeks away, we have a very special announcement, a very special event happening on that Wednesday night, August 3rd at 7.30 p.m. We want you to join us for some laser tag fun at Battle Blast Laser Tag, about 15 minutes away from the Rio Las Vegas Hotel and Casino. So we have the event already posted on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast. All the information is there, including cost, uh, what it might take to get there, all that jazz. So if you're interested in going and you'll be attending the convention, we want you to join us, please, by all means. Links to the event, of course, will be in our show notes. Now let's check out the latest news in the world of Star Trek. Show what I don't know. Then let's check it out. 
Well, Star Trek Beyond has begun to hit theaters globally, and there's already talk about a fourth film. During a press conference for Star Trek Beyond on July 14th, J.J. Abrams stated, quote, It's hopefully something that we are a figurative minutes away from talking about. The answer is 100% yes, and it's incredibly exciting, end quote. Later, in an interview with Access Hollywood, J.J. revealed that Chris Hemsworth will be reprising his role as George Kirk. In a press release that followed, Paramount, Skydance, and Bad Robot described, quote, In the next installment of the epic space adventure, Chris Pine's Captain Kirk will cross paths with a man he never had a chance to meet, but whose legacy has haunted him since the day he was born, his father, end quote. However, we have an exclusive look into the plot details thanks to Al Captain Gecko Rivera, in a tweet he shared with us that, quote, Kirk goes back in time to save father. Together they help the Ghostbusters fight Thor. Hashtag three times Hemsworth. End quote. <sighs> I'm already bored by this plot. <laughs> but it's so, got Chris seriously. Hemsworth in it, though. No, you see, and that's the pro- it's like It's like a, it's like Jennifer Lawrence. Let's tell a story and get Jennifer Lawrence in it. And that's going to be all the movie is just Jennifer Lawrence. I, boo, boo, boo! This is this story already sounds to me like third season, the original series, where it's like space, space Abraham, Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln. <laughs> like this is just boo. I don't like this at all. Uh, now they're telling the story just to get Hemsworth, and I don't approve. I don't like it at all. Okay, I, I don't. You've had two sentences about what this fourth film could potentially be. I think you are possibly jumping the gun on your negative reaction. No, why though? Seriously, how could go back going back in time and having your father help you with something turn out any good? Maybe it's not going back in time. Maybe it's going sideways in time. Maybe it's another uh, universe. I don't know. We don't know yet. You Elijah. see already. Relax. The more you, the Relax. more you, the more you delve <laughs> into this potential plot, the more I hate it. I, okay. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Have you seen Beyond yet? No, I'm going in a few hours. Okay, so at the time of this recording, you have not seen Beyond. I think you should reserve judgment. If if to you, Beyond, like, really stinks, then I think you're justified in saying, okay, maybe the current production team hasn't got their stuff together, okay? But when you if you come out of Beyond and you go, actually, that wasn't bad, that was pretty good, I think you need to hold on to your opinions for a little bit. Well, and wait until we on. know a little bit more. Now, you say that, but it turns out that according to TrekMovie.com, this new plot is being written by J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay, quote, both of whom were involved with Roberto Orsi in writing a story that was ultimately rejected before Simon Pegg and Doug Young were asked to write Star Trek Beyond, end quote. Oh. So... So why are they bringing the writers back whose script was ultimately thrown out for the third film? I don't get it. Like, let's give them another chance. They screwed up the third one royally the first time, but maybe maybe they'll do better. Maybe they'll do better with the, with the fourth one. Oh, nope. Let's scramble again 18 months before release. Yeah, I think, Elijah, you've just achieved something kind of monumental. You shut me right up. I have nothing to say to that. <laughs> you, you make a very, you make a very valid point. I'm going to reserve judge, judgment on this movie as I do with all the movies until I actually see it. But I do agree with Elijah. I think that they're just telling the story so that they can have Hemsworth in it. Not that some of us mind. 
In other news that really grinds my gears worse than Daddy's Day Out with the Kirks, Variety reported that Netflix will be the exclusive home of the new Star Trek television series in 188 countries, except the United States (laughs) and Canada. Yeah, sorry about that. Oh boy. Now, they still won't be released all at once like Netflix usually handles their shows. Instead, they will hit internationally on Netflix within 24 hours of the U.S. and Canada premiere. But you don't have to sign up for CBS All Access if you don't live in the United States. Yep. Oh, boy. And I also want to point out that actually Netflix has posted about this, apparently claiming that it's a Netflix original series. Now, (laughs) I'm I'm not really sure what that is going to entail. That may just be because they've paid a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they've done that before. There are a few series on Netflix, at least over here. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but they're like very obscure titles yep. that weren't produced by Netflix, but they got the rights to it and pay, I, I assume paid enough yep. where it became a Netflix original. Yep. Right? Like Netflix original, I think, Orange is the New Black, uh, produced yep. beginning to yeah, end created, by Netflix. Created right. by Netflix, yeah. Um, but there are some titles on there now that I'm like, wait a minute. No, that's that's like, that's like something that was on BBC that they brought over, and then and now they're calling it a Netflix original. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't understand where that falls into place. Mm-hmm. However, it this is this is just really like... I, I This is a... It's just... It, I, this is... I want to say slap in the face, hashtag, because there's no reason why... This should be exclusive to CBS All Access. There's no reason why I need to sign up for another streaming service to watch this show. Okay, so can we not focus on you for, like, a minute? Um, This is actually extremely good news, especially... I mean, I can only speak for the UK. I, I don't know that much about the other parts of the world, but... When there's big American shows, usually they end up uh, getting jockeyed for by uh, Sky News, the big satellite company, uh, Netflix and Amazon, uh, Amazon Amazon.com, so the, the streaming service. It being on Netflix for people like the UK is really, really good because uh, a lot of the big American shows actually end up getting picked up by Sky. That's uh, that's Rupert Murdoch's um, big deal out here. And in order to get Sky, you have to subscribe to Sky, which is, you know, 30 plus pounds a month. It's it's a satellite streaming service, so it's, um, you know, equivalent to have having to have a cable system in order to support getting it. Whereas for somebody like me, for instance, that I don't actually have, I don't have Sky and I don't have terrestrial TV, I use only the streaming services, that's, well now it's seven ninety nine a month uh, in British pounds. That's a really good deal. That's huge news for people yes. like me. Yeah. Yes. I'm not, uh, listen, I'm not, I'm not downplaying how awesome this is for those 188 countries. But what it, it ends up being for the United States and Canada is a, a money grab. This yeah. is definitely a money grab from the home base, right? They're, they're saying, well, well, not only do I... Because I already have a Netflix subscription, and they upped that Netflix subscription, mind you, now to nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Again, fine. I, you know, I'm not complaining about that. For me to have to pay an additional monthly fee mm-hmm. when it's already on Netflix in other countries, right? Other... It just it I, it it really just feels like a money grab, and that's what I don't. That's one of the, the the biggest things I don't like about this, is that they could have cut that deal with Netflix and still made a killing, probably, mm-hmm. still probably made a killing, rather than now have to 
spend money on CBS All Access. It just, it, it just, it, it's, it's grimy. It just feels grimy to me. I don't like it. I don't. But, but yay, UK gets the Star Trek series without having to subscribe to something new. Yay. <laughs> Listen to my clap. <laughs> And lastly, a big shout out to Priority One Podcast science advisor, Dr. Robert Hurt, for taking to Twitter and sharing his experience at the San Diego Comic-Con premiere of Star Trek Beyond. He provided some great coverage with pictures and highlights, so go and check that out on Twitter, at Priority One Pod. Now let's get Mark in on the discussion to find out what happened this week in Star Trek Online. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Well, Captains, welcome to Star Trek Online News, where Mark and I bring you up to speed on the latest news of Star Trek Online. This week, we've also roped in Elijah to help us out. (laughs) I'm here. In probably the most ingenious name, Minor Instabilities, a new ground Q, information was published ahead of its surprise launch last week. The Q itself is a ground event, something people were suggesting was lacking from the launch of Agents of Yesterday, taking place in Erdan 4. Players sent as part of a temporal response team must drive back attackers from the Joint Federation Gorn Mining Expedition Camp, rescue some Gorn, and split up to attack the Romulan Occupied Camp, described as being on two fronts. The new queue is available to all players level 51 and over, in which you can earn fleet marks or temple marks. Having played it in normal, it's quite a fun queue. Simple, straightforward objectives, a ground queue I really enjoy, and I for one don't do ground combat. So I would love to chime in and give my review of this ground queue, except I haven't played it, which is why I'm here to announce that whilst at Vegas, I hope to take to Twitch and play the game. Now, I have to test it on my laptop because it might not look pretty because uh, I don't have a powerful machine as I used to, but that's, uh, that's something to look forward to. Elijah playing through Agents of Yesterday. Well, there has been some, shall we say, controversy this past week over a mysterious giveaway from Cryptic. The prize includes a code for a free gold-plated Tier 6 Ferengi Nagus Marauder, as well as a real-life swag bag including an Enterprise F t-shirt and hat, two glasses etched with mission patches, and a signed copy of the PC version of Star Trek Online. It was sent in an email to selected players last week. Now, the reaction online to this giveaway has been mixed at best. Players who got the email are happy, as well they should be. Everyone likes free swag, and the ship is a great one, essentially a Tier 6 Intel Decora with a special costume. However, players who haven't received an email have been vocal about their displeasure across all of Star Trek Online's social media outlets. One issue appears to be around exclusivity. Giveaways like this are nothing new. We've seen a few of them before, but in prior cases, the ships were being given away to the ones that could be purchased elsewhere in STO. The Ferengi Nagus Marauder, however, is currently unattainable by any other means in the game, including the Sea Store. The move has been seen as one step further towards the murky land of exclusive content that was recently started when we lost the ability to earn past event ships like the Rise and Luxury Cruiser. But the kicker here is that while the email claims to be, quote, a token of appreciation for players' unwavering support for Star Trek Online, end quote, the requirements for receiving the prize are unclear. It's implied that it is a reward for participation and or total real-life money spent in the game. But many players claim to have spent thousands of dollars on the game or have been lifetime members since beta launch without receiving said award. When contacted for a statement, a representative for Perfect World Entertainment issued the following to Massively OP. Quote, 
The gold-plated Tier 6 Ferengi ship was sent out to a select group of players as part of an email-specific promotion. Unfortunately, we aren't able to reveal any additional information as it goes against our policy to protect the privacy of our community members. End quote. Now, this raises a good point. While players understandably want to know what they would have to do to benefit from this kind of promotion, it would actually be a privacy issue to make it known what those requirements are, especially if it involves real-life money. If you knew, for instance, that there was a required $1,000 spend, then Star Trek Online would be effectively broadcasting your financial status to any stranger who happened to spot your shiny new ship in sector space. Not cool. That said, it's an unusual choice for Perfect World to give out a truly exclusive ship like this. Certainly, they had to expect some sort of backlash. It's important also to mention here that the community management and dev teams are not responsible for this type of marketing activity and so far have been unable to shed any real light on the situation. But if you didn't get a ship, perhaps hope is not all lost. Community manager Laughing Trendy tweeted after the fact, quote, FYI, I don't know how the Nagus codes were distributed. I believe more are ink, and presumably she means incoming, not positive, end quote. We've reached out to Perfect World Entertainment for further comment. So one of the other big questions that I've seen pop up is that uh, a lot of players had their email notifications, email promotional notifications from Perfect World disabled. I read Luke Critter's report on the situation, and, and towards the bottom of, his, of that report, he explains how you can, in fact, go back into your settings and, and trigger this. So the, the question that a lot of players have is, hey, I had this off. Does that mean that there was a chance that I, I didn't get this because I had that notification off? So will there be another wave of awards given out? Now, I didn't get one. And I'm, I'm like, there's a part of me that's kind of surprised and a part of me that's not surprised. I'm not surprised because I haven't been playing the game for almost a year now. But I am surprised because my account has been active since pre-beta. So I understand the frustration that people have with... With uh, with not knowing what the criteria was. I, I'm not surprised that there's this type of backlash from certain aspects of the Star Trek Online community. Uh, or any community for, uh, for that matter. Because again, the criteria wasn't... There's no way of knowing. There's no way for me to know, hey, did I not get mine because of a bug? Because I didn't check this box? Or did I not get one because I just didn't qualify? And even if whether or not I qualified or not, people are still going to be upset. Truth be told, it's a great gesture... It's uh, certainly appreciative. I don't know of any other game that has ever done this, right? And I think that because of this backlash, it's why other games, other companies have not done this. They've honored their players in other ways. You know, they've honored those players in other ways. Subtly, maybe, you know, like I, 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 I don't think I've ever heard Blizzard give out these types of rewards and, and maybe I'm wrong maybe they have done it. But again, I think it's, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Well, there's an easy way to get around it. Which is Don't to give one it. to everyone. Right, give one to everyone. Which, right, they, right, which right. they have done promotions like that in the past where you can claim a free whatever and everyone can claim it. And, and that's generally received extremely well. I think that it's, it's just a lot of uh, questions, right? Nobody, the criteria thing, we're not going to get an answer to. Nobody, they're not going to tell us. But is there a possibility that I'll get mine now that I, you know, check the box? So, I, you know, we did send out an email to the, uh, to the Stow Media email address to see if we could get a comment about it. And just in time for this week's episode, Star Trek Online's executive producer, Stephen Salami Inferno Ricosa, joins us to talk about Star Trek Las Vegas, and we touch on the Ferengi ship giveaway. Unfortunately, Captains, we had a small issue aligning our subspace transceivers, and the interview is a bit out of sync. Have a listen. 
And joining me for this episode of Priority One Podcast is Star Trek Online's executive producer, Stephen Salami Inferno Ricosa. Thank you so much for uh, joining me this this week, Stephen. Always happy to we be here. We are less than, I think we're like 10 days away from Star Trek Las Vegas, if that, you know. Um, yeah, so what, what do you have that's crazy. What, you know, how, what presence will Star Trek Online have at the convention this year? So we're going to have a super cool booth, and you will be able to play the console version of the game in demo mode at the booth. So that'll be really exciting. Be able to go over there, pick up a controller, and uh, check out the new UI and the new graphics, uh, playing a, a classic episode oh, that everybody epic. knows. Yeah, and then we're going to have a cool uh, meet the devs, as we usually do, um, on Friday at the iBar. So and, it's going uh, uh, to be awesome. Uh, probably not, but possibly, possibly. Awesome. We're, still, we're still figuring out what we can do. Yeah, but it's gonna be it's gonna be very cool, and a ton of devs are going this wow, year. Tons, I think it's insane. over a dozen of us. So can you run down the you know, yeah. a few people that uh, yeah that our listeners might know of. Uh, let's see, we've got uh, we've got Al Rivera, and we've got Sam Wall, we've got uh, Maria Rosso, you've got uh, got Kate Bankson, we've got uh, Nick. You got Tumor Boy is gonna be there more just tons tons of people coming a lot of people it's their first trip out um content designers artists across the board thomas maroney of course will be there um that's fine that's yeah awesome. it's a whole pile now, of people is the console demo going to be yeah. uh xbox and ps4 or is it just going to be one of the consoles okay cool. it'll be one of the consoles so there'll be uh, can you tell us which yep. one um it's it's in the demo at stlv it's going to be uh emulated due to um the internet internet issues so we're gonna be running off of okay, uh, an emulated mode through a pc um so uh well, probably xbox but oh, we could cool. bring a ps4 controller out there too cool. that's exciting we're still talking yeah, about that'd be great. it yeah. uh, you know the ability for players that might own one or the other to, yeah. uh, to maybe swap and uh and play yep they can, they I mean they control they control identically right the 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 controllers aren't too different anymore right. as they were in previous generations and we've been playing it internally for a while on both consoles is this the first right, time that this is going testing. public uh yes it was at e3 but that was a behind closed doors demo so this is actually the first time anyone can just walk now up how and different try it out. is the uh layout going to be this year is it going to be very much similar as it was last year is it, is it a table uh type of setup like last year it's actually different. Uh, we're pulling together uh, something a little, a little extra special, so um, people have to see it when they get there. But it's definitely going to be a little bit different That's than, uh, now, than at the I bar. Is it? Uh, are you guys just planning to just kind of do, kind of hang out? Uh, any any special giveaways that players can kind of look forward to while at the convention? Uh, possibly, but mainly there to hang out. But there might be there might be some That's stuff awesome. as well. Is everybody going to be there from beginning to end? Yeah. Um, I'm only going to be there for one day. Most people are going to be there from beginning to end. I'll be there. I'll be there on Friday for the uh, Friday and Friday night, and I'll leave Saturday morning. So I'll be there for the uh, for uh, the I bar awesome. and uh, now, throughout you know, that in whole years day. Past, uh, you know, it's surprising how many convention attendees may not have been aware of of Star Trek Online. Uh, you know, this year is probably going to be the biggest since in the last four years that I've been attending at least uh, the attendance uh, the audience participation is probably going to be massive what are you guys hoping to take away from being having such a strong presence at, at the vendor hall we want people to know we're there we want people to know that we have an awesome PC game that's been around for six and a half years coming up on seven years we've got an amazing console port that looks like almost anything you'd play today on uh, current generation of consoles and uh you know, get those Star Trek fans into, you know, the most awesome Star Trek game that's out there right now. Now, uh, I'm going to ask you one fun question. Have you seen Beyond yet? Nice. We're all going to see it today uh, with work, though, uh, though Mr. Thomas Maroney that's got to right. go to the we premiere in San Diego. Uh, several pictures about that. That's fantastic. That's good. That's it. 
That's yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, um, Stephen, I want to ask you one question. You know, something that's uh, that's kind of made the headlines in the community recently uh, regarding the the special giveaway of the gold Ferengi ship and some of the swag bag uh, that was released to certain players. Now, you've already released a statement to Massively OP um, that the criteria of what players had to meet will you know will not be published due to privacy concerns. But I do have one question that I'm hoping you might be able to answer. You know, something that's on the top of uh, people's lists. Players have had the promo emails disabled on their account, you know, to avoid unrelated PWE emails from other games that they may not be playing. If they activate it now, will there be a new wave of the giveaway in case they missed out on that first one? So for um, for everyone that uh, qualifies for the ship, we actually did a grant um, yesterday to make sure they all have them, so they would just be in their in their accounts. They would just have them in their inventory. We just did a push straight to your inventory. Um, if they uh, reactivate their uh, their emails then uh yes we are sending some additional emails out um to those specific people um so you can check both places you can uh resubscribe and okay, you can great, uh, check great. your well, inventories thank you for answering that. i appreciate that all right Stephen. well listen I, I you know i didn't want to keep you too long i mean unless there's something from it, that's going to happen in stlv that that you know you want to tease us about uh i just kind of wanted to uh get a bit of a sense of how cryptic is going to be uh present there and uh what might be different this year than than previous years but you know everybody's in high anticipation for the 50th at las vegas you know we uh we hope that many of the cryptic devs will join us for laser tag on wednesday night priority one hosted laser tag <laughs> local arena there and um but yeah if there's anything that you know we we, we didn't cover I just wanted to mention uh, we're now a, a few weeks past, a couple weeks past the launch of uh, Agents, and uh, it's been going so well, really, really well. So many new people are coming in to check out the game. So many um, older players are coming back to check it out. So many of you guys that are still playing are playing it. Um, um, we're seeing a great pickup on this on this expansion. So uh, I just want to say I'm really happy and uh, thankful that we have such a so, such I'm not a lie. great fan I base. Yet, but what I'm hoping to do is oh live my stream. goodness. A playthrough of all that content, at least the the, the episodic storyline missions from Vegas. So on the Priority One Twitch or on Facebook Live, uh, kind of play the game live for players uh, there from STLV. So I've been holding out for that reason. I'm doing it for the players, yeah. Stephen. I'm doing it for the players. I was like, yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm proud that you're doing it for the people. There's there's going to be a lot to uh, to check out and play. Well, thank you, Stephen, for stopping uh -huh. by Priority One Podcast uh, for a quick little update on what players can expect at Star Trek Las Vegas. We look forward to seeing you there. Always a pleasure. And in some more blog content, the first in a series of blogs entitled The Story So Far went up this week, giving a short rundown of, funnily enough, the story of STO since launch. If you have played the missions or have been around for a while, there isn't much new here. The most interesting part about it though, was the cross post to the PS4 and Xbox One sections of the website. Could this be the beginning of the gear up for the console release? I hope so. This is much shorter than I thought it would be. What do you mean? It's a much shorter segment. It's a much shorter blog post than I thought it would be. I mean, we're talking about, oh, it's part one. That's why. Yeah, it's it's part one, and it's meant to be a sort of a, a briefing to help you to help you out, to understand the context of what's going on. It's an introduction to people who have never done it before. Or people like me who have been away for too long and just need a little yeah. refresher course. Yeah, and just need a bit, exactly, a bit, a bit of a refresher course so that you can pick back up. I think it's good. I think it's it's indicating that things are going to come soon. I mean, I, they have a, have a habit of telling us things are coming soon. 
TM, uh, and then all of a sudden it drops. And I hope that that console launch comes sooner rather than later. Me too, because that's how I want to play Star Trek Online. Oh yeah, me too, on the sofa. Kicking back, cat on the lap. Oh yeah. So moving on to patch notes, there's been a few changes this week, a couple controversial ones, but mostly some quality of life. Uh, As always, we've picked out a few of the choice entries, but if you wish to see the whole list for yourself and whether any of the fixes this week will affect your character, uh, I'd highly recommend checking out the official post. And links, as always, will be in our show notes at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO280. So in terms of quality of life, this first one is the Nakul Red Alert has now been fixed that it's active all the time. And it's there's a little breakdown of the likelihood that you'll run into them in the different quadrants. But mostly it's back to where it was before Agents of Yesterday was launched. There's also uh, a new hair option available for some female species, which I am particularly excited about. It is, in fact, the Yeoman Rand. So the next time I log into the game, I will be putting that on my 23rd century character. So thank you, Cryptic, for that one. Uh, and also for those KDF Wait, players, the basket weave. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. And finally, for Klingon or KDF players, 23rd century Klingon costume parts are now available freely to all Klingon captains. And now we get into these slightly, possibly controversial ones. So the first one: several consumables which were previously only available on the low buy crystal store have been added to the dilithium store, and that's things like Tholian web grenades, team combat modules, and team batteries. And also the assignment cooldown on the turn-in contraband missions has gone from four hours to 20 hours. So I think this looks like they are attempting to put a bit of a dilithium sink in to help regulate some of the uh, out-of-control dilithium prices at the moment. I wouldn't say it's a dilithium sink. They're trying to control the amount of dilithium that is available in the game, which in turn will combat the high dilithium to zen prices that are currently in the game. Yeah, I mean, these are some pretty minor changes, I think, because I don't think it's going to make a huge impact. That's a big... I'm sorry, Kenna. That is big. I know people... What, the contraband one? The contraband one, yeah. It is huge. I know people who can make 100,000 dilithium from doing that because they run on multiple characters, and that will be in a day or two. Fair enough. I don't use that one that much because I'm getting plenty of dilithium from reputations and admiralty and everything else so I don't tend to use it but yeah that's a very good point. So this obviously goes back to what Borticus tweeted about a couple of weeks ago about looking at regulating the market. Yeah I mean there's not a lot they can do really to directly to regulate the market and we did discuss in a previous episode about whether a new dilithium sink was really going to be feasible but it's interesting that they're making these kind of changes. The next dilithium sync that we're most likely going to see in the game will be a new fleet holding with the next season release. The only problem with that is that that's only a short-term thing. It only takes a couple of months to get a holding up from Tier 0 to Tier 3. But still, it is a dilithium sync, so it'll probably bring the prices down a little bit for a short while. The ultimate thing here is that there's just a lot more dilithium available in-game now compared to three, four years ago. There wasn't as much dilithium available back then. Now there's an awful lot more dilithium available. People have an awful lot more dilithium. You're getting it from story missions, you're getting it from DOF missions, you're getting it from Admiralty missions, you're getting it from PvE queues, you're getting it from Adventure Zones. I could go on and on. For a while, when the when the upgrade system was first introduced, that was really important because upgrades cost a lot of dilithium. But now that the upgrade system has been out for a while, Again, you could argue that that's that's another short-term 
sync because once you've got your preferred gear up to Mark 14 Epic, you're not, you don't have anything else to spend our lithium on. Again this week, in an effort to bring you some of the news and comments from PW and Cryptic that aren't officially announced in the blogs, here's some of the latest comments pulled from the Twitterverse. Thomas Moroni at Thomas the Cat tweeted, On the plane heading to San Diego for the Star Trek movie IMAX premiere, time to boldly go beyond. So jealous. So, so jealous. But well deserved for him. And at Laughing Trendy tweeted, Psst, I'm working on seeing about maybe making a custom STO console skin. Ooh. Yeah, because Neverwinter launched on the PlayStation 4, and they've got a console skin. So, oh, imagine. Yeah, I like my consoles, Vanilla. But, it sounds nice. And lastly, before we wrap up Star Trek Online news, here are some upcoming events to look forward to. There's still a discount on the Lifetime subscription. They are still on sale for just $199, and that's going to continue through August 11th. And there's also an item upgrade week now through the 28th, which doubles the amount of technology points from tech upgrades. And of course, as always, events are subject to change without notice. Make sure you check the in-game calendar or listen in here at Priority One Podcast for the latest news and updates from Star Trek Online. That's it for this week's Star Trek Online news. Now let's check in with Dr. Hart in the Astrometrics Lab. For this week's Astrometrics Report, we take a science trek into darkness. Specifically, the mysteries of dark matter and dark energy. Bizarrely, everything that we actually see in the universe around us, planets, stars, gas, dust, astronomers think this only constitutes about 5% of the total mass of our universe. Now, where is the rest of the 95%? And if we can't see it, why do we think it exists? Starting with dark matter, when you Add up all the mass that we actually observe in telescopes, the stars, the gas, the dust, galaxies and galaxy clusters, we found that the dynamics of these systems, the orbits of the stars, the motions of the gas, implied that everything that we could see was only a tiny fraction of the total mass of these galaxies. The effects of this mass deficit increase with scale of things that we're observing. So just looking around the solar system, everything adds up. The motions of the planet very precisely match the mass of the sun that would be affecting their motions, and there's really no problem. But when you start looking at the orbits of stars around the center of the galaxy, you start to see that there must be a larger component of mass that somehow we are not detecting at all. And this effect is even greater when you look at the motions of galaxies within clusters on increasing scales. The material responsible for this missing mass has been dubbed dark matter, dark in the sense that it doesn't emit any electromagnetic radiation we can detect. In fact, we can only infer its presence by seeing how it gravitationally interacts with the matter that we can see. The nature of dark matter is one of the largest mysteries in astrophysics today. The leading theory is that it's made up of fundamental particles of nature that have been dubbed WIMPs, or weakly interacting massive particles fundamental particles that only interact through gravity and through something known as the weak force, the same kind of force that neutrinos interact with matter. Unfortunately, these relatively weak interactions make them incredibly hard to detect. Though particle physicists are constantly looking for any trace of dark matter particles in experiments like at the Large Hadron Collider. The existence of dark matter has been hypothesized for almost a hundred years. 
Recent discoveries have given us a much better idea of the fraction of mass in the universe that we can attribute to dark matter, but in conjunction with this we've opened up an even deeper mystery, one known as dark energy. Evidence for this particularly strange component of the universe only dates back less than 20 years. Astronomers were attempting to measure very precisely the expansion of the universe measured out to galaxies at increasing distances to help us get a better idea how the universe was decelerating after the Big Bang. The idea was that even though the universe is expanding rapidly, that the internal gravity of everything that exists in the universe would collectively act to decelerate the universe so that it would slow down. Very unexpectedly, the measurements showed the universe wasn't decelerating, but actually accelerating as if somehow another force was overtaking gravity and starting to push things away faster and faster. Again, we call it dark simply because we have no idea what it is. As it turns out, there is a term in Einstein's general theory of relativity and gravitation that allows for a kind of vacuum energy, a force that fills space itself. As the universe expands, this component of the universe would become more and more significant, as the total amount of mass, both bright and dark, would remain constant, but the volume of space would continue expanding, thus giving a larger and larger fractional component of this dark energy. Current calculations show that dark energy accounts for 68% of the mass energy of the universe, a fraction that would be increasing over time. So how are astronomers going to get a handle on understanding dark energy and dark matter, given that they are dark. Well, they do have a significant effect on the stars and galaxies throughout the universe. That's why there's a new generation of space telescopes that are being designed now to help answer this problem. The European Euclid Mission and NASA's WFIRST, or Wide Field Infrared Survey Telescope, will study huge areas of the sky and let us understand these subtle effects on the things we can see by the things that we can't. To get an idea of what WFIRST brings to the table, imagine a telescope as large as the Hubble Space Telescope with all of its sensitivity, but able to capture about 200 times the area in a single snapshot as Hubble's widest camera is able to. This will allow astronomers to study large-scale behavior of galaxies throughout the universe, as well as learn more about exoplanets and other things within the Milky Way. As a scientist, while it might be a little embarrassing to admit that we know next to nothing about, oh, 95% of the energy in the entire universe, it is exciting to know that there are some really big mysteries that we can look forward to solving over the coming years and decades. I hope this leaves you a little more interested in the dark than afraid of it. And on that note, back to you guys. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Last week's community question was, do you think the Terran Empire will be the main focus of the continuing story? Who else would you like to see play the Star Trek Online enemy? Small Yoda commented in prior to winpodcast.com I don't think that the Terrans are going to become the main focus of the continuing story. I think it'd be cool to see more of the Sphere Builders. We know almost nothing about them except they are a formidable opponent and they can manipulate the timeline. What's their story? Is this the Alachi, the ones based off the TNG episode? That's the enemy they're talking about? No, they're talking about Enterprise and the Sphere Builders that were manipulating the Zindi. 
Ah, uh, yes, yes, okay. But I agree. I'd like to see what's going on with the Sphere Builders as well. So this is not the same from TNG where they abduct Riker, right? Into subspace? No. Who were those? Nope. What, what, were the, what were the names of those? Do you even watch the show? <laughs> I'm sorry. Which show? I couldn't resist. <laughs> Star something? Pokemon. Yeah. Leon Andrews replied to us on Facebook.com. I hope so. Mirror Universe is one of my favorite plots. Tyler Maxwell replied to our STO forum post. I have no doubt that we will see Admiral Leda and her not-so-merry band of mirror miscreants again, though so far they haven't really shown the gravitas to be a big bad. Whatever happened to the Borg? Sure, plenty of players can now lull their way through an ISA, but I think they still own like half the Delta Quadrant, right? I think it's time for the Borg to have a resurgence to show us they are still the bad guys that we know they can be. I agree, and any post that uses the word gravitas is E plus in my book. It's the teacher yeah. coming out again. Ugh. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, you know, I kind of can kind of see where he's coming from because the Borg used to be scary, but dude, they haven't been scary in 20 years. Yeah, I, I can remember when I started playing the game and I would dread the sight of a Borg tactical cube. Yes. Now oh, it's yeah, just I like, remember that eh. when you're starting out. <laughs> just, you know, kind of look at them now and like, oh, look at the little cube. The look at the God, little the, cube. When, oh, He's so cute. <laughs> Oh, wait, tactical wait, cube warps in and you're like, ah! oh my God. Uh, and it's just not like that anymore. You're like, finally, a tactical cube. Yep. <laughs> James Sillett commented on our Facebook post. I believe they will have the Terran Empire be the main focus in the next run of episodes, which I would be really happy with. They need to make a cohesive story to tie up the loose ends. As far as the villain, I would want them to create a new one, get a really talented voice actor and just create something original. Using canon characters is fine, but I would be more invested in learning about a new character story than revisiting what we already know. I totally disagree with that. Sorry, James. I think I think Star Trek Online is at its best when it expands on something that's been established in 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 previous S, uh, Star Trek canon. Personally, yeah, but wouldn't that run out eventually? Uh, potentially. But, you know, I think there there are more things that we can do that make us feel tied to existing Star Trek. I personally don't want Star Trek Online to go too far off of the existing canon. Because I, the, part of the reason I play Star Trek Online is because it's Star Trek. And uh, for them to go completely out there and, uh, you know, creating whole new species... I'd, I don't know how I feel about that. May, you know, maybe one or two if we're talking like an exploration type thing. Expanding on the Iconians was great, for instance. But that was something that kind of you're able to sort of tie that back to the to the series. And I really like that. And I would miss that if they if they went off in a completely different direction. It may as well not be Star Trek Online if that's the case. Pax Federatica sent us a tweet. More likely, it will be the Sphere Builders. Lita and the Terrans have tended to be second-string villains in Stowe. Yeah, I kind of agree with that, actually. They, they've they kind of been on the outskirts, but I, I don't know, maybe... They're like maybe the Kazon. They... <sighs> Voyager. Yeah. Well, that wraps it up for episode 280 of Priority One Podcast. But before we go, we need to send a special thanks to our Patreon supporters, like Isaiah Dorsch, welcome back, Navy Bolt Slew, Stephen Humphrey, Frederick Redegard, and Rarva. 
Captains, you know we love hearing from you. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or tweet us at PriorityOnePod. You can even leave us a voicemail via SpeakPipe. Just click on the widget on our homepage. It's free! Don't miss a thing from the world of Star Trek. Catch our episodes every Monday morning by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. And if you're listening to us via iTunes, leave us a review. Let us know if you're listening to us on Google Play, too. I'm very interested about that. More importantly, help us spread the word about the show by sharing it with your friends and fellow Trekkies. It's your support and your sharing our show that keeps us going. Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency podcast at guardfrequency.com. Covering the world of space sims, including Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, Descent Underground, and many, many more. If you like this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice. A big thanks to our graphic artists, Romulan Ale and Jason Smith. To our writer, social media manager, and Jake of all trades, Jake Morgan. To our video editor, Jerry Tillman. And to consultant, Midnight Shadow 7 of Holosuite Media for supporting the show. And a big shout out to L, who just recently retired as managing editor on PriorityOnePodcast.com. We thank her for all her hard work throughout the years and look forward to her return in the future. Thanks to our audio team led by Michael McDonald, with assistance from Brandon Parker, Jake Morgan, Esmaria Depost, and Gavin LaWarn. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. And most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, and our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Ready weapons. Engage. Visit us at patreon.com forward slash priority one and find out about all the cool perks that we offer to you. You said Patreon. It was just <laughs> uh, this unscripted, unedited. Uh, I can't. I. <laughs> my... <laughs> Speaking of Patreon perks, th- this. Oh, <laughs> 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 I nearly swore, but I didn't. Now let's check out the latest. The, na- <laughs> the naked. The now. naked now. <laughs> I'm only in the nude. Um, <laughs> in other news, that really grinds my gears worse than Kirk and having a wait. In other news, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I was just to see where that was going. Go and do it again. Okay. You missed it. She called me Poppy earlier today. She called you Poppy. <laughs> you called yourself Poppy. Yeah. Whilst I was twerking. <laughs> now let's get Mark in on the discussion to find out <clears throat> what? What why Elijah's going through puberty. <laughs>
finally. I was wondering what anyone would pick up on. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm ready now, so if you guys can stop your shenanigans, we can actually get on with this. Pax Federatica sent us a tweet. More likely, it'll be the Sphere Builders. <laughs> I feel good. More likely, nice. it'll be. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh my god. That's, that's, that's Vegas character. And the next parody is already being written. No. <laughs>